Shall we begin? Let's begin. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Riley McGree with a scorpion kick. Two nil. Connor Metcalf. What a hit from Cameron Devlin. Finally, Nathaniel Atkinson. They've got that second goal, and it's with a first touch for Tilio. This is the Soccer Who's podcast, the show all about Australian football as we look to unearth the next generation of Socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold. Welcome back to another episode of the Soccer Who's podcast. It's Lockie here. G'day. And I'm joined by James once again. G'day, g'day. Five episodes in. I think we're doing pretty well, but maybe not as well as the Socceroos did on Thursday night. What a great feeling it is to walk away with a 4-0 win. It is. It is a special feeling. And I mean... As a Raw fan, especially, mate, I've had quite the weekend. Oh, free Big Macs for Big the Mac. Raw scoring two goals. But uh, we're not a Brisbane Raw podcast. Hey, uh, we usually do a bit of a longer episode, but considering the short turnaround between games, I think we'll make this a special Socceroos Vietnam review and Oman preview. And we'll have our normal show back for you on Friday should we get right into this? Should we unpack the game against Vietnam? Sounds good, mate. And boys, there are a lot of things to unpack. I think probably the most well-rounded Australian performance in at least two years. Yeah, I got to say, watching the game, it was really enjoyable to watch. There was a patch in the middle just after half time that was a little bit nerve-wracking, but we looked professional in our approach to the game and we played really well. We did and really well-balanced as well. And a big shout-out, so the two debutants, they've looked composed as anything out there. They did. I guess we are the Soccer Who's pod, and so we're all about fringe and future Soccer Who's. Joel King really stepped up. I will be honest, I wasn't sure whether that was the, the right call to make. I said in the last episode I would have started Craig Goodwin, a left back, but Joel King really stepped up and put on quite a performance, didn't he? He did. He did. I was very impressed. I think he was incredibly well-balanced, very poised on the pitch. I think for a player that young, the poise, the composure, the decision-making was really, really exciting to watch. Uh, He didn't try to overexert himself. He didn't try to do anything too um, extra or aggressive. He just held his position, contributed well to build up play. And for fullbacks in Australia, that is really encouraging to see, especially on that left-hand side. It was funny. I don't know whether you heard in the post-match interview, but he was asked, you know, how did you feel? How did you go managing your nerves? And he said, oh, I got half an hour into the game. I just, the nerves kind of got to me and there was a lot of energy exerted. And then I looked up and it was only 10 minutes into the game. So it's nice to see him finding his feet in the national team. And I, I wonder whether we'll see more of him within the next couple of months or he'll be kind of relegated back down. But based on that performance, I think he performed very well. I agree. I agree. I would fully expect him to actually be in the next camp based on that performance alone, especially with our weaknesses at left back. We've kind of been searching for a consistent left back to come in under Bayich. Bayich has been fairly consistent the last few years, but that other spot, it's been a merry-go-round really, hasn't it? So it's good to see potentially a young player stepping up and maybe giving a bit of stability and competition to Bayich. And we'll talk about this on Friday, but he did earn himself a move as well over to Belgium. So we'll unpack that uh, in the coming days, but nice to see him getting reward for his form. Yeah, I think it comes at the perfect time, really, for him. He nailed down a spot. We've spoken about it extensively on the podcast. You need for Australian youngsters to nail down a spot in Australia before making that move overseas. And it's super exciting to see. And I'm keen to unpack that with you 
on Friday's episode. Now, another player you alluded to made his debut, Tilio, maybe the poster child of the A-League at the moment. He was so close to scoring, wasn't he? And put in a solid shift for the rest of his time on the pitch as well. Yeah, you got what you want from Marco Tilio. He gave a classic Marco Tilio performance, really aggressive on the ball. We're going to take anyone and everyone on. Almost got that one goal to go, but wasn't to be. And maybe if Rizot goes our way against Oman, we'll also see him come on in the dying embers. Now, uh, one player, it was nice to see back in fine form. Tommy Rogic, even when he's performing well for Celtic, he sometimes just doesn't perform for the national team. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the pressure of leading the team a little bit. He's one of many great players at Celtic, but maybe having the responsibility of being arguably our best player gets to him. But he well and truly proved how good he is on Thursday night. A disallowed goal, and then the goal he ended up getting, which I don't know if you saw it, it got cut out on my feed. But uh, it was a nice, tidy finish as well. It was. It was super encouraging to see him playing well. And I think a large part of that is, for the first time in quite a while in the Australian lineup, he played his position that he thrives in at club level. Led on the right side of central midfield with two attacking midfielders, getting into the half spaces with Moy anchoring it. So super encouraging signs. And mostly what I'm excited about is how well he actually partnered with Moy. Two of our other goal scorers... It was their first time scoring for the national team. And you could see what it meant, especially for Craig Goodwin. Mm. An absolutely beautiful through ball from Matt Ryan. If someone says that his long-range distribution is not up to scratch, then I will have words with you because that was a peach of a through ball. And Craig Goodwin just dinks it over the keeper. And you could just see the emotion, just what that meant for him to score for the Socceroos. It was a splendid performance by Craig Goodwin. Uh I love a left-footed winger. I've said to him a time again on the show. And he was just excellent, really, really pushing against the line, looking to spread the line. And he opened up space with those around him as well. And the goal, wow. You love a reaction after a goal where it sh- players show emotion, show almost a human side to them. And it, it, it touched me a little bit. I love a, I love a bit of a human side to a footballer and they let it show. Because all those footballers that I love watching are robotic. So I'm glad you love to see the human side of footballers. Should we touch on Riley McGree also scored his first goal for the national team, rewarding his fine form. Uh, obviously at Birmingham, he got the move that he wanted to Middlesbrough. And this would be a nice start to life at Middlesbrough, coming back after scoring a goal for the national team and hopefully taking them one step closer to World Cup qualification. Yeah, um, really delightful uh, performance to be straight. I think the bit that I liked the most with Riley, but also with other uh, players in the Australian team was the way that so many of our subs came on and were eager to make a difference. It's something that always encourages you as a fan, as a manager, wherever you land on the football spectrum, when your subs can come on and make a difference and Riley did that. Riley maybe felt a bit hard done by not starting, but I think the energy he showed, we could see him starting in Taman. Interesting prediction. We'll chat about that in just a second. Uh, one player I would like to see a bit more from, maybe Martin Boyle. What were your thoughts on his performance? Because I think heading into the game, I predicted that he would score. And so maybe it's just me uh, and a false hope that he would perform. But he did seem to be a little bit quiet on the night, quieter than we usually expect from him in the green and gold. Martin Ball was okay to me. He was okay. 
And for a player like Martin Boyle, you expect him to be better than okay. So I can see the disappointment. Uh, but on the flip side, he was also sitting a lot wider than he usually would to allow space for Tommy Rosick to come in. So I think that has to be noted, but maybe a lack of chemistry a bit there, but I would have liked to see Martin Boyle maybe be a bit more aggressive, especially as we get towards their byline, playing those cutback passes, which a certain player on the left-hand side played very, very nicely. Matthew Lecky. Matthew Lecky. Yeah, look, he was probably someone that I would also like to see a bit more from. He spent a fair bit of time on the ground. Don't exactly know why. Trying to earn free kicks, trying to earn penalties. And I think that night was maybe a night to forget. I'd agree. Matthew Lecky, I will always maintain, he's one of the best players in Australian football, at least for the past decade, of playing a cutback. My goodness, it was cutback's gorgeous. But I just feel like he's maybe lost a step of pace. And that pace is a massive part, or has been a massive part, of his game. Losing that, it doesn't completely ruin him as a footballer. I'm not suggesting that at all, but... He might have to adapt his game a little bit to make up for that loss in his pace. I agree. And we're starting to see that happen, I believe, with him playing a bit more centrally. And maybe I reckon we could see him playing as more of a central midfielder. I think he has the attributes to do that. Does he have the work rate, though? That is the big question. That is a massive question. I think on the whole, though, we had a fantastic game. And football is a team sport. We perform really well as a team. Apart from, like I said, that patch just after halftime. And I think even Arnie admitted that, that he wanted to stamp that out and make sure that we don't lose our focus. On Wednesday morning, should we move and chat about what we expect to see from the Australian team as we play Oman? Sounds lovely, mate. Um, do you want to start with predicted 11? Just jump into it. Sure. Let's, let's chat about who we might bring into the starting 11, who might miss out. For me, starting in goals, Matt Ryan. He saved us a number of times. And I don't think you drop him unless something horrible happens. Agree. Let's move on. Strive in straight to <laughs> our defense. Yeah, I'm, really, good. It, I'm really interested to see what you say at left back. Look, I think Joel King had a fantastic game. I think in a game against Oman, which is a little bit more difficult, we expect to see as is playing back at left back because he just brings a little bit more maturity to the team. That's not a knock on Joel King. I think if Joel King were a little bit older, with a couple more Socceroos games under his belt and a little bit more experience, I'd be playing him. But just because of the importance of the match as is at left back, and I think the rest of the back line stays the same. I tend to agree with you. I still have this fleeting thought in the back of my mind of does our right back change? Well, it's going to be an interesting one to see. Ryan Grant is going to be ultra fresh after not playing any minutes. But I think Frank Karacic, he really dominated and really showed to me uh, why he deserves to be starting right back for the Socceroos. I definitely agree on a personal level. On a Graham Arnold level, it remains to be seen. I hope Karacic continues to start. And I actually don't mind Grant as a backup if you use him correctly. So off the bench, give you a lot of energy, really start to push back a defense and try and pin it against them. I feel like he has that specialty use, but... In terms of a full 90, potentially, I think Karacic stays. Any changes to your midfield, Lachlan? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I wasn't sure how Moy and Rogic would go alongside one another against Vietnam, but they seem to prove themselves. I would be tempted to just start the same midfield three. I think we have Aiden Frustich as well that we can bring off the bench, uh, or who maybe could start as well. But I think because they played so well, why change something that, that worked so well? Yeah, I, there's definitely rationale in that. And I think that would not be a bad choice. But to me, Moy's a lock. 
So we changed what you call a single pivot, which is one player between the midfield and the defense looking to rotate the ball. And Moy played that role and he played it very well. So I think Moy stays. Obviously, Brozic stays. That's quite simple. Irvine, I wasn't impressed. I felt like he didn't really contribute much to either phase of play. I wasn't quite as lively in transition as I would have liked. He was good and he helped bring some solidity to the central midfield. I think the big question for me that I still haven't seen, I don't want to see from this match, is Fristich, Moy, and Rozic. I don't think is a good three, stylistically. I would love to see McGree and Rozic in the same central midfield, though. Especially if we're playing Karacic and Bayic, who tend to sit further back. I think with two aggressive central midfielders like that, we could really put pressure on the outside of the box area against Demand. So I would like to see that, but as far as prediction goes, I think we remain the same. That's a great shout. I, I really like that insight. Playing McGree and Rogic alongside one another. We'll move up top. Does your front three change? What changes do you make? This was probably one of the trickiest ones for me because there's a few things running through my head. I think Boyle stays based on quality, even though his performance wasn't what you'd expect. So I move on to striker and left wing. Part of me really wants to start Craig Goodwin, who's really good off the bench. But at the same time, was that because of his energy off the bench? And will we want that? And then Jim Claren got a goal. He did He did his job. His positioning was all right, but he didn't offer much in build-up. And for me, that's why I'm going to say I would drop Jamie McLaren in favor of moving Leckie into a striking position and then playing Craig Goodwin out left. Because I think we need a bit more in our build-up play from our striker against Oman uh, to look to control the ball a bit more as opposed to it being more of an end-to-end game, which was against Vietnam. And not saying that was the wrong decision. We had the quality, and I think that was good decision-making end-to-end game. Being against Oman away at Muscat, I feel like we need to hold the ball a bit more. Thus, I would play Lecky up top and Goodwin on the left. Obviously, then looking to bring on your players like Tilio, like Duke or McLaren up top, or Borello, who didn't even get any game time against Vietnam. I agree. I think we will likely see Tilio. I think we will probably see Borello. I think McLaren probably won't get a game here because it's more likely to be a Borello. I think Duke is situational. If we've got a lead, it's 1-0, it looks sticky. That's probably when we see Duke come on the pitch, but... It's a game free-flowing. We're dominant in the game. I think it's more likely to see a Borello to try and end the game. Yeah, I, I really like that. I think starting Duke is not a terrible option. Maybe dropping Leckie and McLaren just to see what Goodwin and Duke can bring to the side when they start. And then you bring on Attilio. You bring on a Leckie as well. A little bit of hunger. Maybe dropping him for the start of the game might give him the fire that he needs to really go out and push hard for the remaining 30 minutes of the game. And I think, yeah, Boyle starts for me as well, potentially bringing on Borello, depending on what the game requires. So a really interesting front three from you. Can I just clarify? It was Boyle, Duke up front, and was it Goodwin on the left? Goodwin on the left. Interesting. So Duke, after you went in on them a bit last episode, you're now saying you should get the start. Well, I just think based off the performance that Leckie gave us on Thursday night, I wasn't super impressed with that. And... I don't know if McLaren does enough against sides like Oman to really warrant a starting spot. He's, he's a poacher and he's really good at that, but he's good when the opposition give him the space to do what he can do. And the goal that he scored, it was a great goal, but let's be honest, the time and space he was given in the box to be able to 
have that header. He's not scoring that goal against Sutar or Sainsbury in training. I think it was pretty sloppy defending, but capitalized on it, and that's all we can ask of him. So it's a bit of a tough one, but I yes, I would drop Jamie McLaren. There you go. That's some really good insight. Thank you. Thank you. Now, score prediction? I think it's going to be a tight 1-0 to Australia. I also think it's going to be a tight 1-0 to Australia. Who do you think is going to score the goal? I think it's going to come from a penalty. Wow. A set-piece goal? Aiden Hrustic is known for hitting those set pieces quite nicely, or whoever's chosen to take penalties. I guess if McLaren's not on the field, whether it be Duke, whether it be someone else, we don't have our Mila Yedinak, who pretty much every time he stepped up to the penalty spot, you knew it was going in. So it'll be interesting to see how the game unfolds. We'll have our cheat sheet up online, up on Instagram. If you're wanting to see what this game means for us in the context of qualifying, as well as players to watch out for heading into the game Early Wednesday morning, I believe it is 3 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. If you are not from that time zone, just Google it. It's probably easiest to do that. We'll catch you then. Wednesday morning. Come on, Socceroos.